1: Also, the things we say, they only reflect our brilliant Black woman magic mind
0: and not our employers. You could have been anywhere y'all, but you chose to be here with us and we appreciate you. Let's Let's go. go.
1: All right. Um, okay, y'all, let me just give you the, the image. So Mahalia is snatched all the way up on top. of oh, Ashley's head. She is exploding outward in sort of a, a twist out that got pulled into like a twist out poof. I'm here for this look.
0: I appreciate that. It's been giving me a lot of versatility, these, these twist out that actually last. So, you know, shout out to Shine and Jam. <laughs> I was just about to say shout out to <laughs> Shine and Jam and the beauty supply store.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. my God, that's good. Well, mm-hmm. you know what I'm thinking about? I'm thinking about how funny our people are with words. So the other day I had on this tank top, and my son was like, low key, mom. Low, low, key, you got a, you got a low key gun. Now talking about, because I have been working out, mm-hmm. he was complimenting the form of my bicep and tricep, which, you know what? I appreciate that son. But he said, low key, <laughs> <He> said <laughs> low key that I, uh, and then he said, I have a lightweight gun. <laughs> I was just like, yeah. so, so I was repeating this to a, um, a friend and, she was like, Well, what does low key even mean? And I was trying to define low key because Black people use low key so many ways.
0: Like, I don't even, how would you define low key? Oh, don't ask me that. <laughs> Perhaps it's like subtle or like something that you might not notice until <laughs> you like call it out. But also, we just be working stuff in the vernacular that everybody right. just agrees and we don't right. actually define.
1: Right. Isn't that crazy? So I decided you put low key in. You all, it can it can work in front of something that could be an insult,
0: <laughs> exactly. But but he used it in front of a compliment. So yeah, you no. Know. So uh, what you
1: what you low key thinking
0: about? Low key, I'm I'm gonna keep this high key because I actually touched on this last episode. So I mentioned that I had started reading this book called Braiding Sweetgrass and learning all these like amazing stories about plants and rethinking my perspective on our relationship to the earth. You know, so of course I've watched every interview with her on YouTube and like listened to all her podcast interviews. Okay. And then I like started recognizing all the great species of trees that are just around Lake Merritt here in Oakland. And so this past weekend, I did this, you know, revolutionary thing where I wanted to learn more about a topic. So I went to the public library (laughs) and I asked the librarian that about where I could find more books on the, the local trees in the area. So I got some books on California trees and one thing that I learned for anybody who's in the Bay and has walked around Lake Merritt, there's these very interesting trees that stand out like right on the edge of the lake. The reason they stand out is because the trunks are so twisted and gnarled. It's like they had to like bite their way up out of the ground. And I learned that these trees are imported. They're not actually native to California. So they are imported from Australia. They're actually tea trees. And so when you grab a leaf and kind of crunch it between your fingers, it has that that same fragrance. Yeah. And, you know, I actually put tea tree oil in in my hair. So, you know, it was just like this whole reinvigorating experience of connecting plants to my life and a lot of gratitude for what they provide free of charge. So that's what I'm thinking about today. And people should go to the library more. Low key.
1: That's kind of deep. Thank you. <laughs> All right. So uh, what is the what? Oh, wait. No, I'm sorry. It is your lucky, lucky, lucky week. Not only do you have from UCSF, from the San Francisco VA, Ashley McMullen, you also have Mahalia and also new knowledge about plants and trees, unlike Dr. Manning, (laughs) who has a fake tree in her office. That's okay,
0: because I know that there's a really nice tree in your front yard that you should learn the name of. It is.
1: It is. It's got red
0: leaves. I know. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I I don't even want to try to say what I think it is because somebody's going to judge me. So, (laughs) yeah. Um, But I'm going to make a comeback.
0: Now, what is the what? (laughs) Yes. The what, fittingly, is unproductive. (laughs) I like that word. (laughs) (laughs) So the story is kind of like a meandering trajectory. I like a meander. Okay, cool. Meander with me a little bit. So for folks who who might recall, I started my faculty job not long after I completed my chief year back in 2019. And to my own credit, I did allow myself to ease into the job. I didn't take on a lot of new responsibilities and, and leadership roles right out the gate. I think I mentioned before that I had just come out of a relationship and I was still working my way through that and kind of finding myself in this new transition space. And so like towards the end of the year, I kind of let myself take it easy, learn how to do my hair, whatnot. But beginning of 2020, I was like, okay, I'm going to hit the ground running. I like wrote all these lists of goals. I did the the dry January to the max. It was just like no drinking, no processed foods. I went vegan for 30 days and I like started this devotional practice and I was pretty successful at it. I accomplished most of the things that I had set out to do early on. Of course, when the pandemic hit, that changed a lot of things, but I was still pretty productive early on in that year. So that's when we launched the Black Voices series. I had done two grand rounds in one week, had accepted several speaking engagements, had started teaching a new curriculum and was like feeling uh, pretty good about being a successful junior faculty member. Of course, towards the fall, leading into the end of 2020 was when my grandmother passed. And I was back home in Houston for about two months. You know, it's interesting, even at that time, you know, I was feeling all kinds of angst about having people cover my inbox, having to cancel patient appointments. Mm-hmm. You know, I even at one point asked my roommate at the time to ship my work laptop to my house in Houston when we transitioned my grandmother to home hospice. I can remember that feeling of trying to open a MyChart message for someone who's up in up in arms about you know a missing prescription or you know something being delayed and needless to say with some great advice from him, from some mentors like Dr Manning and you know the medical director of my clinic I I allowed myself to just be present and the acuity of that loss and thanks to my division and you know wonderful work environment at the VA I was able to actually be off hmm. you know that's not a given for for many folks to be able to take that amount of leave so by the end of 2020. I kind of said to myself once again, I was like, okay, you know, you get to grieve and be sad for, you know, November, December, but, you know, January one, we're going to hit the ground running again. New Year's Eve, I had done the same thing that I had done a year prior, wrote down some things that I had accomplished in 2020 and like the goals and objectives that I had for myself going into the next year. And, you know, so I figured I had done it the year before I can do this again. And, uh, February rolled around of 2021 and not nary a task had been <laughs> achieved. I don't know. Do you remember that giant whiteboard I had behind me in mm-hmm. my, <laughs> I do, I do yeah. remember that. Yeah. I, I bought that specifically for to write down all the goals that I subsequently like did not achieve <laughs> in the four to five week period that I had set out for myself. And I, ironically, one of those things was to, to launch the podcast, um, So we launched this in like June of 2021. And in my head, I was like, I thought that I would have it together to learn how to record, edit and publish a podcast within two weeks. (laughs) So yeah, by February, when that hadn't been done, I remember laying in bed on a Saturday morning Mm. feeling so dejected Mm. because I had not been as productive as I thought I was going to be. I couldn't keep up with the diet goals. I couldn't keep up with the workout goals. I wasn't like doing what I thought I was going to do at work. I remember this Saturday specifically, because it's the Saturday after I got the dose number two of the um, Moderna. Do you remember that? Yeah, I remember that. I remember that because that was the day
1: that I got my car booted. (laughs) (laughs) I remember because I was recording from my office at Grady, but anyway, we digress. Yes, I remember this very well.
0: Perfect. Uh, So we were both winning at that time. (laughs) reason I remember that morning too was because you had called me that morning, which was kind of kind of out of the blue because we normally send text messages and yep. like I don't know if it was just a moment of discernment. I don't know. You were just out walking Willow and um, you called and you're like, you gave me like some much needed encouragement that morning. I felt like I had wow. failed you. <laughs> wow. Yeah. You probably didn't even <laughs> think it was that, that heavy, but just like hearing your voice and hearing you say that, oh. you know. Things are good. I was like, it kind of gave me this shot of energy. I was like, okay, like, you know what? Let me get back on the horse. I got this.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: I was like, I'm gonna do laundry today. I'm going to edit this episode. I'm gonna do like A through Z number of things I'm gonna accomplish. Yep. Yep. I put all my laundry in this bag because at the time I was living at some place that didn't have a washer dryer. So I'm getting Mm -hmm. ready to go to the laundromat. I make it down the stairs and my body was just like. No. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I started, was like, you know, getting hot and like achy everywhere. And I sat down and I was like, what the hell is going on? And I realized like, oh, I got that COVID vaccine. Yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my immune system is waking up. Exactly. My body's doing what I asked it to do. And, you know, I had made it, this assumption in my mind because I actually felt completely fine after dose number one. I was like, oh yeah, like I'm a beast. The second dose, I'm going to be like, nothing ever happened. And I put those clothes down. I put on this down robe that my mom had got me for <laughs> Christmas, got under my down comforter nice. and turned the space heater on in my room. Nice. I called my best friend, Amanda, and I was just like, girl, I'm out. I'm down for the count. Like <laughs> what's going on? <laughs> And she was just like, Yeah, like, what'd you think was gonna happen? Take some Tylenol. <laughs> oh my um, gosh. Yeah. Wow. By late afternoon, early evening, I felt perfectly fine. And it was like this moment where I was just like, okay, like I could do something productive, or I could just like give myself a pass. Like I <laughs> it was like three hours ago. I was just like, you know, I was ragging. So I ordered food, which I distinctly remember was a cheeseburger and cheese tots. And um, (laughs) I watched a movie the next day on a Sunday. I was just like, I'm also not going to do any work today. And, you know, for some folks who might be listening to this, they're just like, wow, you took a weekend off. Like, congratulations. (laughs) But at least for me at the time, you know, is recognizing how, much I had built up this anxiety around like doing stuff,
1: mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. and had kind of wrapped up my my value and identity around like how much I was getting done. And um, it took a it took COVID nineteen and the death of a loved one for me to really start to unwind this pressure to be doing stuff. And I can say that it has lasted up until this point that I really honestly don't work on weekends anymore. And I apologize. My division chief is listening to this and wondering why <laughs> I haven't submitted like umpteen number of things. Right. I'm just like, there's always stuff that needs to be done. Why is it so revolutionary to just, just exist? Mm. Oh,
1: that's heavy. That's not even low key heavy. That's really heavy. Um, yeah, that's hard, uh, because, there, there is an urgency, at least in the academy. I mean, I'm sure corporate is the same way too. But to, to do, I don't think I felt like I could slow down until I made professor. Honestly, yeah. And even, and even that, I became a different, unique kind of busy. Um, it was, it wasn't the like busy so you can put this on your CV and get promoted. It was, it was just some, some a, a different kind of pressure. So like never really. Goes away. And I think the hard piece is to find the space between depending on what you believe. I mean, mm-hmm. and, I, and I think that as, as people who both are spiritual, both of us, I think there are things I'm supposed to be doing. Yeah. And I feel an urgency to get to those things that I'm supposed to be doing and to be obedient, you know, to the things that I'm supposed to do. So there's a lot of noise around that, though, that can take the signal away from you seeing what is it that you're supposed to be doing. Mm. Right. I think when you're really junior, like if you're listening to this and you're somebody who's like in medical school or residency or whatever, I think there's a period where you don't yet know what your gifts are like all the way.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: I think they're people who actually get full grown and don't know what their gifts are. To me, I think one of the things that allowed a lot of that pressure to start to fade for me was when I realized that I actually know what some of my, my gifts are and that I use them every day. That's actually a very hard thing to do because even if you think you might, and gift is like maybe a word people don't like. So if you choose to say, a talent that you've chosen to cultivate, or whatever you know, however, whatever you want to call it, there's this point where um, you feel like you're in a sweet spot if you're actually using some of the things that uh, align with what you're supposed to be doing. Yeah, I don't think I knew that when I was in under thirty-five. Yeah, which you are,
0: <laughs> and I'm not. <laughs> Thanks for putting me out there. But yeah, and I, you know, that's not to say that I, I feel like I can, you know, project my, my particular like story and, and experience onto anybody. I don't want anybody to feel that way,
1: mm-hmm.
0: but I guess for me, a part of the learning was understanding that, you know, it's easy to get caught up in aligning, like, you know, what you're supposed to be doing with what other people expect you to be doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I needed to take the space to understand who I was, like what mattered to me, like what are the things that are life-giving to me? And I think, you know, well, my belief is the things that give you life are the things that you're supposed to be doing.
1: There's another thing I'm thinking about too, that, and it relates to what the story you just mentioned. So you talked about when you wanted your laptop. I think the older you get, you will start to see things happen where you learn, that nobody is essential to any of these operations. Mm. You are, no matter how many people tell you you're awesome, you're the greatest, no matter how many people invite you to do things, no matter how many people follow you on Twitter, you are not essential to this whole operation. You're essential to some people that love you. You're essential to you. But, you know, I have seen people who were in our space who seemed like they were just essential to everything we were doing. And then the, something happened and they left. And and the crazy thing that happened is things kept going. <laughs> People kept coming to Grady to get care. Admissions kept coming through the emergency department. Somebody at the VA was sending something over my chart, talking about why I didn't get my medication, you know, and, and the sooner we realized that we are not essential to this whole operation that now we're a part of it. And we, yeah and we play a meaningful role, but it's so easy to get caught up in this thing of thinking that I have to do this. I have to do this. If I don't do this, nobody's going to do this. Or if I don't do this, someone else is going to do this. And the other people who had to do it are going to say, I suck, which is going to make people think poorly of me. And then as a result, think poorly of people who look like me. Even that people are so self-centered that they forget that. (laughs) I <laughs> they forget they'd be mad at you and then they even forgot they mad at you <laughs> like oh yeah I, I am mad at you you did call make me come in on jeopardy huh.
0: I am grateful to be learning these lessons at least on the earlier side I'm hoping to have all of life figured out before the age of 65 so that's <laughs> my my one call. actually no. <laughs> You know, joking aside, starting 2022, I decided that I was not going to do that thing that I had done the last two years. And Mm. I decided my one goal for this year was just to learn how to live. And I think part of that is really tuning into the places where you find a lot of love, including in my incredible friendships and um, also learning to love myself more. Mm. And part of loving myself is being able to define myself apart from what I do. Wow. And that's been a lesson I'm still learning. I love that.
1: That's beautiful. Because that that's not that's not easy. If you can figure that out at this young of an age, I think that's powerful. And you know, I think we have to be good stewards of our influence, right? Mm-hmm. And so there's somebody who's younger than you who's going to hear that and think. Wow, you know what? I do not have to do all the things. You do have to do some of the things. Right. You don't can't, don't shirk you your responsibilities, y'all. Don't. <laughs> you can't don't do none me. of the things. Yeah, exactly. you can't do you can't do none of the things, but but you <laughs> but, but you don't have to do all of the things yeah. at once. And and when you figure out that you don't have to do all of the things, what that does is it creates a space for you to do some of the things really well. Yes. So I I love this thought of all right, you know what, I'm going to take a little minute to refill my cup for a mm-hmm. second and then come back swinging to do this work. Yeah, you
0: ain't, you ain't essential. <laughs> and I also want to affirm that there are some work environments that make it very hard for folks, even with well intentioned to, towards self-care, to do what they need to do for themselves. And I want to mm-hmm. make sure that I affirm and see those folks too. Mm-hmm. Um because we still have a lot of work to do in, in the system that is both medicine and academia, and I'm sure in other professions as well. Mm-hmm. Um, that, you know, actually allows people to, to do what they need to do.
1: I, I do agree with that. Um, I want to add something to that though. I want people to not, um, even if you're junior, do not underestimate your power to be a part of the solution. Mm. Um, and, and, and what I mean by that is, uh, This isn't necessarily in my work environment, but whenever I join any volunteer organization and I'm participating in things, I usually look around and whatever I don't like, whatever I would criticize or talk shit about, that's the committee I get on and start to work on. That's actually how I how I pick what I'm going to get involved with. I I will say I do that at work sometimes too. So, you know, um, sometimes um, if. Sometimes people get upset and they start to, you know, they get their Twitter thumbs out and start mm-hmm. going, going hard on um, social media and all this stuff. And I think that moral distress without some balance, without thinking about solutions, can get exhausting and again create noise and take away your signal. Ooh. right? Well, you said we were going to meander. So I'm just back to <laughs> meandering, but I, I'm, I'm saying this to say, I do think we should protect the people around us. There are a lot of us who are thinking about that. There are a lot of uh, people who need to be thinking about this, but they are not thinking about this. Mm -hmm. Um, But over the years, I've learned that I can advocate for myself too. And advocating through myself is not just through my individual actions on behalf of me. It can be, I'm going to be a class rep as a resident. I'm going to be the GME rep. That's what I'm going to do. If there are however many chief residents, I'm going to be the chief resident that sits on this committee
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, because I, I want to be able to think about what, what we can do differently. And the closer you are to training or whatever are the hardest and most challenging and muddiest parts of any type of structure, you are closest to being able to point out what solutions are needed because you're in it. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. the colonel the colonel can't can't fix what's happening, you know, with the privates in the barracks. I need a private on that committee. yeah, so I'm saying this if you're a private and you mad, it's okay. you should you have every right to be mad. but think about solutions too. Mm-hmm. Some of the best solutions ever created to fix um some of our issues are by the people that are in it, man. Look at the civil rights movement. What if all the Black people just said, nah, y'all need to, nah, you got to get in there, roll your sleeves up.
0: What you going to do about it? Yeah. Now you just disrupted my plan and just, you know, <laughs> run away to the woods and be <laughs> on it.
1: No, so. I didn't. No, I didn't. No, I didn't. Because part of your solution, part of your solution was intentional diastole. And that act mm-hmm. that you made to go to the library, that painted a beautiful, peaceful picture I'm sure for a lot of people, I know it did for me, but I like a little balance. I like a little rest. I like a little work. I like a little talking about it. And I like a whole lot more being about it.
0: Mm, I'm here for that.
1: I'm here for it too, girl. And you know what? People, these folks don't realize they hear us say it at the end of our podcast every week. I say, shout out to the Ashley McMullen for the editing and the production. And, you know, you know, you, you kind of. Felt frustrated with things you did. That's it's so interesting. That's not my view at all during that time. Cause I was with you during that time that you describe. And I remain in complete awe of how you figured out how to do this editing and how to do all of this. I, I don't have like, if, if Ashley decides that she's going to throw her computer out the window and not edit this anymore, guess what y'all that's the end of the human doctor podcast. That's it. <laughs> she is legit production. So I would say also to just give yourself some credit um, Hmm. for some of your accomplishments, one of which is editing out the
0: size, the breaths and the profanity. (laughs) (laughs) Most of the profanity. But um, needless to say, thank you, sis. You have been a guiding light in my life. And I'm glad that we get to share this with, with everybody. And so, yeah, you know, even in my, uh, millennial dreams of uh, <laughs> being financially independent and retiring uh, before the age of 40, please know that even if that occurs, I will still edit and produce this. Ah,
1: <laughs> that is so good. Awesome. Awesome. Well, since only one of us has an AARP card, uh, <laughs> we, we do, we show do appreciate the millennials doing the editing and the production. We
0: sure appreciate you. Hey, we, we here for y'all. Well, I appreciate you. Ah, oh, Thank you, sis. I appreciate you so much. And Bye. I love you. Love you right back. Holla. That wraps up this week's episode of the Human Doctor Podcast.
1: Special thanks to our favorite brother gastroenterologist, Dr. Chuma
0: Obiname for the Beats. Shout out to
1: the Dr. Ashley McMullen for editing and
0: production. Mad love to our podcast family at The S and the Clinical Problem Solvers. Our Med Twitter fam. And especially, shout out to all of you, our listeners. Until next week, remember,
1: we see you and you are enough.
0: Holla! Holla.